Just before I begin today, can I just give you an alert that the bishop has asked me to move to a new parish, which will happen next week. So this homily for next Sunday, the 19th of February, will not appear because I will be having a couple of days off before I go to my new parish. If you're interested where it is, it's Sacred Heart Parish at Inverell in New South Wales. It's uh, northwest of our cathedral city of Armidale and is about the same travelling distance northwest of Armidale as Tamworth is south of Armidale. So please pray for me as I make this change. And after one weekend away, I hopefully will be back posting my podcasts. So let's dive into this Sunday's homily. The church prays as she believes. So the prayers that the priest prays from the Missal contain deep and lasting truths about the faith. The collect of today's Mass reminds us that God abides in hearts that are just and true. Hearts that are just and true. Because this is so, then the prayer of the whole Church throughout the world on this Sunday is that each of the Church's members would be so fashioned by God's grace as to become a dwelling place pleasing to him. In other words, it's God's work that makes our hearts a fitting home for him. We simply have to both welcome and cooperate with divine grace. So you could ask the question then, what is grace? What is this grace that does the shaping and fashioning of us? Well, grace can be described in many ways because it is a divine reality for which human words are inadequate. But the Catechism helps us. We are told that grace is, first and foremost, the gift of the Holy Spirit who justifies and sanctifies us. And grace includes the gifts that the Spirit grants to us. So grace is not an object or a commodity, but it is first and foremost a person, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Spirit. This divine person was poured into us at baptism and sealed within us at confirmation. The Holy Spirit makes our hearts just and pure when we allow the Spirit to do so. To ask for this, as the colic does today, is a good and holy thing to do. God never demands more than what we are capable of doing, but at the same time he is quick to respond to a generous and open request. God has given us free will, and he waits for us to choose, as the wisdom from Ecclesiasticus says today. 
Let's now shift our attention to the words of the Lord in the Gospel. He does not take us in a different direction, but allows us to see other qualities that belong to the heart, to this symbolic place of our being. And here is a good place to explain what we mean by the heart. It is, of course, more than the physical organ. The heart is the seat of our motivations, the place from which our words and actions proceed. But one more thing. We must pay attention to what Jesus says about himself. Jesus is the completion of the law of God that was given to Israel through Moses. He has come not to sweep the law of Moses away, but to perfect it. The first factor to notice, however, is that Jesus does not hesitate to adjust the divine law on his own authority, for he has divine authority. Each correction begins with a statement of the old law and boldly goes on, but I say this to you. What does Jesus say to us? Because his gospel transcends the law, he demands a morality far greater than that accomplished by the most pious of Jews, the scribes and the Pharisees. He expects that we expel enmity from our hearts, positively seek reconciliation, whether the offence is our fault or not. Similarly, it's not enough to forego acts of lust. We must have a pure heart. The easy toleration of divorce in the Jewish law and in our own culture is swept away, and Jesus uncompromisingly calls it fornication. It is not enough to keep a legal oath. We must be people whose every word can be relied upon. These are demanding standards of Jesus. Let us remember that he would not expect these things if we were incapable of doing them, and doing them with the help of grace. Now if you are a rugby fan, or a lover of fine choral music, you might be familiar familiar with a Welsh hymn-style song called Calon Lan. The Welsh rugby team has adopted it as their anthem, and it's likely you've heard it if you've listened to one of the Welsh male choirs. You'll certainly be able to find some good quality versions of it on YouTube. The words of Carlon Lan were written by Daniel James and put to music by John Hughes in the early 1890s. The Welsh words Carlon Lan mean a pure heart. I'm rather edified that the Welsh rugby players would be virtually saying a prayer before their matches. I hope they understand what they're saying. Even if they don't, it demonstrates that the noble desire for a clean heart has been placed in every human being by the tender mercy of God. Here are the words of Carl Lan in English, and they are a fitting conclusion to our reflections today upon a just and true heart. Kalon Lan 
I don't ask for a luxurious life, the world's gold or its fine pearls. I ask for a happy heart, an honest heart, a pure heart. A pure heart full of goodness is fairer than the pretty lily. None but a pure heart can sing, sing in the day and sing in the night. If I wished for worldly wealth, it would swiftly go to seed. The riches of a virtuous, pure heart will bear eternal profit. A pure heart full of goodness is fairer than the pretty lily. None but a pure heart can sing, sing in the day and sing in the night. Evening and morning, my wish rising to heaven on the wing of song. For God, for the sake of my Saviour, to give me a pure heart. Laudato Jesus Christus.